everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. Very special episode for you today. Anybody who's listened to the podcast for any length of time knows I'm a huge fan of Aftershock, probably my favorite publisher. They put out incredible uh, work by uh, just a diverse cast of talent. And they recently made a change uh, in leadership. Uh, Mike Martz, who uh, I'm also a big fan of, has uh, moved on to other uh, aspects. And Brian Cunningham is taking over the role. And Brian is uh, generous enough to join me today and, and talk about uh, his thoughts on Aftershock and what the, the future might hold. So, Brian, thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So uh, anybody, as I said, who's listened to the podcast for a long time knows that uh, I'm a huge Aftershock supporter. And I, I paid attention really from the beginning because I heard the name Mike Mart. Like Mike had left uh, to go to after. I'm like, man, he he left DC when DC moved because he wanted to stay in New York. I'm assuming, uh, but he so he's back at Marvel. wasn't there that long before all of a sudden he leaves to go to this new company. So I knew, based on Mike's track record, I needed to pay attention to uh, to Aftershock. So. Uh, when, I mean, you're friends with Mike, when did you know about Aftershock and what were your initial thoughts when you, when you heard about the company? Well, I heard about the news when everyone else did. Uh, I, I, I saw it and I was very happy. I was very happy for Mike and, uh, you know, to be able to do work that, uh, he had a personal hand in, in, you know, guiding and, and creating, uh, I, I think that that is awesome. And and it's a testament to his skills. I mean, he's a great editor. He's a great guy. I, I'm, you know, I've known him longer than longer than I care to mention, actually. But, uh, but yeah, I was really, I was really happy. I, 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 I thought that was awesome. I, I was, I, I, and I couldn't look, for, I couldn't wait to see what he was going to do there. Now, you and Mike, did, did you have a similar kind of background in, in working at Marvel and DC? Were you only at DC? Give us a little bit of your, your background on the editorial side. My background um, is, is similar to Mike's, but deviates a little bit because I, I actually started at Wizard Magazine uh, and uh, and I was there. And Mike, Mike, actually, when he first his first stint at Marvel, uh, when that ended, he joined uh, Wizard for about a year. I think it was uh, it was it wasn't a great time for him there. Uh, it, it just wasn't a good fit. Um, but we stayed in, in contact because Mike then went to uh, Acclaim uh, when Valiant uh, was bought by Acclaim and uh, and he joined there. And we we just stayed in contact through the years. And then when I joined DC, uh, he had joined not that long before I did. Um, and, you know, we just we just struck things back up again. And uh, it, it Mike, Mike is probably one of the funniest guys I know in comics. And and I don't think you get that. Unless you know him. <laughs> because, yeah, I get I mean, that. I, 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 obviously, I know who Mike is. We've talked on a number of occasions. I wouldn't uh, say that we're close, but I do I do get that. I, I think he probably has a great, uh, great sense of humor. But the other thing that I, I, I love, and, and again, like I, I mostly got to know Mike uh, when he was at DC. And same thing with you, uh, especially your work on the Superman titles. It was just if you guys had your name on the book as an editor – I could trust that you were getting the best out of the creators. First of all, you were putting the best creators for the stories that DC wanted to tell with those characters. So it, it just, your name on a book, Mike's name on a book. I knew it was something that I, I could have faith in that it was going to be good. Um, so, I mean, you look back on your time at DC with some sense of satisfaction, gratitude, pride. Talk a little bit about that. 
Uh, well, first, it, it's very flattering to hear you say that. I mean, uh, nor, you know, any anytime, you know, I'm working on something, I, I, I do my absolute best to, to make it the best I can under whatever the circumstances are at the time that it's being done. Um, I look back at my time at DC. It's a, it's a mixed bag. I mean, there's some things I'd like to take back, uh, that the, there's other things that, uh, that I really enjoyed, uh, working on. I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's strange. I, I think it's been, geez, I guess it's been two years since, uh, I left DC and, you know, I don't think I've, I've had, because it was, because it happened during the pandemic, um, everybody was kind of in their own places at the time. So there wasn't a, and this was something that, that the DC editors who I, I worked with there, um, when we reconnected just this past summer, uh, for the first time in person, uh, since that point in 2020, uh, we kind of observed that there was no mourning period. Like there was no, there was no communal, you know, pour one out for uh, for the folks who are leaving. So we got to have that a little bit at at the San Diego Comic Con uh, for for the editors who did go, um, and and that was that was really really nice. <laughs> it was really great reconnecting with everyone, uh, and and reconnecting with a lot of the talent and writers, artists, uh, letterers, colorists that I've worked with. Uh, it, it was uh, it was really cool, but. In terms of DC, I mean, man, I mean, there, there, there are a lot of comics in 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of comics there. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the ones I, I, I look back on, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, it would be like picking a favorite child, which is, uh, so I don't think I could really do it. But I mean, if you ask me specific questions, I could certainly give you impressions, but, uh, but otherwise, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to say. Although, well, I, you know what? I will say this. Uh, and 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 this was a series I inherited. It was a series launch that I inherited from from Mike. Mike actually started the ball rolling on this project, and he had to give it up. Uh, so it went to me, and it was Rebels. <laughs> it was uh, Rebels by uh, Tony Bedard and Andy Clark. And uh, for whatever reason, I always loved the Legion 89. What I, I loved those characters. And Tony was just the right writer for that, for those characters. Uh, and, and Andy was just amazing, um, amazing talent. And for whatever reason, I, I just sunk my teeth into that one book early on in my DC tenure for whatever reason. I didn't sell a lot of copies, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't, uh, it, it didn't blow the, the doors off of anything, but I just had so much personal joy uh, working on that particular book. And I, I, that's just the first one that comes to mind. Cause it was one of the very early books that uh, I helped launch actually launch um, after Mike did a lot of the development work. Uh, and I just kind of took the ball into print, uh, so to speak. So I don't know. That, that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know Andy, but I do know Tony. And th there's another guy with a great sense of humor. So I imagine working on a project with him is probably a heck of a lot of fun. 
Oh, Tony's the best. I yeah. <laughs> I love Tony. Tony, uh, <laughs> you're right. He, he, he's got a very, uh, he's got a mischievous sense of humor, Tony. Yeah, I, sure. I, I enjoy that. For sure. I remember him telling me one time when I think in high school, maybe it was college. I think it was high school. His, uh, his nickname among his friends was Tonan the Barbarian, which uh, <laughs> is just, you know, if you know Tony, he's not a big guy. So it no. just makes it that much more funny. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, p- pivoting back, back over to uh, to Aftershock here, uh, you mentioned being excited for Mike getting uh, a chance to you know have a personal hand in creating these books. So then Aftershock launches, um, and for me, like Head and Shoulders, those first uh, those first titles, they were so great. It stood out on the stands. The one for me was um, was Paul Jenkins' Replica, which I still now that you have some pull over there, if you could ever make that come back. Uh, you know, I know it's not necessarily the model that you guys have now, but man, I, I love that title. Uh, but did you check out the books early on? Were there any that uh, early Aftershock titles that re- were really kind of scratching an itch that you had as a reader? I did. A I did. I was I was really impressed with the the rollout in terms of just the the names that um, Mike and and the publisher Joe Pruitt were able to kind of roll out with uh, Garth Ennis, Jimmy Palmiotti, um, Marguerite Bennett. I mean, it was really uh, impressive just from an optics standpoint, just, just those names demand attention. Um, I would say the first book that, uh, I think that I really, uh, that, that really caught my eye was animosity by Marguerite. Um, and, uh, I, uh, uh, and, and Raphael, uh, Del Torres, um, I, I really, I just really, rallied around that whole concept of the animals waking up and, you know, gaining sentience and uh, interacting with humanity in a much different way and what that would be like and, and kind of playing it out. And for some reason, I I don't know. I I don't know if you remember this in the 1970s, there was like this kind of cheesy movie that was kind of like, you know, it was like an environmentalist, uh, you know, bent on a, on a horror movie. It was called Day of the Animals. And it was basically that that premise that the animals kind of rallied together to to, you know, uh, push back on on humanity. And and it was done with really low budget, cheesy effects uh, and. It was on every once in a while when I was a kid on one of those Saturday or Sunday afternoon movies. And and it, it just, for whatever reason, stuck with me. So when I saw Anim- Animosity, it really took that concept and, and brought it to the next level uh, in a way that uh, I, I'm just, I was just glad they keep making Animosity stuff because I, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of that book. Yeah, it is a great book. Uh, it's one of those comics that does what I what I love about comics, which is make you think, starts a conversation. Um, there's just so much depth to it, and and yeah, we've barely scratched the surface on on the world. So hopefully, there there may be more animosity uh, in the future. Uh, well, now that you uh, you've kind of talked about uh, you know being familiar with uh, animosity or uh, uh, aftershock and and Mike's role and some of your early favorites, um, let's talk about how you you got to where you are now, you know, we mentioned long career at DC, uh, in my mind, a successful career. I know, I know editors sometimes are the unsung heroes. Uh, you guys get too much blame when a title doesn't go right and and not enough credit when it does go right. Kind of like baseball umpires, you know, uh, yeah, you make a bad yeah. call and it's terrible. We make a good call. Nobody, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah, he's just doing his job. 
True. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, th- this role, it's it's exciting. It, you know, it's a chance for you to follow in a talented uh, colleague's footsteps. Um, so was it you reaching out? Was it Aftershock reaching out? Like, give us some, some. I know you probably can't give us all the details, but give us a little background on on uh, how you got the job. Well, I, I got a phone call from Joe Pruitt, uh, who is someone I have followed in the business uh, for a very long time, since the early 90s, uh, when I first uh, was on staff at Wizard, uh, opening a manila envelope and reading a copy of Negative Burn number one from Caliber. Uh, which was Joe's uh, baby Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, which, you know, was a book that launched so many big names that we know now. Uh, So, but my, I only knew him by reputation. Uh, And he called me up and said, Hey, I don't, you know, I, I, I know of you. I, I mean, we both knew of each other's reputation and that's about it. And he said, look, Mike, Mike is leaving, you know uh, he spoke very highly of you. So I'm giving you a call. And, and and we just talked. We just just had a conversation about comics, what we like, uh, the things that are important to us, and and we we really connected. I mean, I, I've I've said this before in other interviews, but it's true. I I feel like when I when I when I talked to Joe, I think the first two conversations we had, uh, I left the conversations feeling like like did we actually just meet? Because it feels like we've, I feels like I've known this guy for a long time because it was very easygoing. And I think part of that is just Joe's nature, which is, you know, he's just very, uh, uh, he's just a very open, friendly guy. Um, but for whatever reason, we just kind of clicked and, and then the rest, I guess, is history. I guess he, he, he hasn't had buyer's regret yet. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, yeah, I've met Joe on a number of occasions and, and talked to me. Yeah, very genuine guy, very open. Um, so I have similar tastes in, in storytelling as well. So I'm sure you and I, uh, our, our uh, tastes are probably very similar. G- goes to kind of a, you know, a classic feel, but that's what's interesting about Aftershock. You know, there's so many people doing superheroes. Aftershock, not that you guys haven't done superhero titles in the past, uh, but really experimenting with the other genres, horror, Western, uh, science fiction. So um, I'm sure you guys have a, you know, a ton of books and and certainly we're not going to touch on anything in particular, but now that you've kind of gotten in there and gotten your hands dirty, what are some of the, the you know, things in general about Aftershock that have you most excited? Is it working with new creators? Is it, you know, bringing these new properties to life? Is it all of the above something else I haven't mentioned? Well, I, there's a number of different things that have me excited for, I mean, on a personal level, having worked, uh, having worked at DC for the amount of time that I did, uh, my, everything was superheroes. It was superheroes pretty much 24 seven. And, and granted, I, I love superheroes. I, I love superhero comics. Uh, I've always loved superhero comics. Um, but my tastes can run a little eclectic. I like genre storytelling. I like reading Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips crime graphic novels. I like reading uh, science fiction graphic novels. Uh, I, I love reading, you know, last night I finished, I finally finished The Private Eye by Brian K. Vaughn uh, and, and Marcos Martin. And, and, you know, my, if it's a good story, I'm, totally with you i mean it could be any genre 
on anything. And if it's a story well told, I'm I'm there. I'm with you. Uh, and I think that's what's exciting for me the most at Aftershock is that is this that sheer variety of genre in that, you know, there's no there's nothing really off limits. If it's a good if it's a great story, we will do it. You know, we'll pursue that. And just even in the first month, uh, I've, I've uh, read two rounds of uh, pitches and being able to read these pitches like, you know, it, when these pitches kind of spark my imagination and uh, and I see it clearly in my head about how this story unfolds and it's just, it's just so, it's so cool. I, it just, it's that act of creation that I'm seeing through the eyes of, of the writer and sometimes the artist. Uh, it's it just, it's what makes comics so it's just what makes storytelling so great but also the fact that it's going to be a comic book first is is just so cool to me and it never gets old never ever gets old i never take it for granted it's 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 pretty incredible just to be able to be a part of that wasn't there a lot more freedom uh, as well and you know i'm not trying to badmouth uh, you know the big two uh, if you will but there are a lot of eyes there because there's a lot of dollars there these days you know I, I know you know we're of a similar generation so back when i was a kid reading comics you didn't talk about it you know you, you kind of just kept it to yourself because you want to get made fun of and now it's the center of pop culture which i never thought we, we would be here but th- with that comes expectations for titles to you know make money and obviously the big two are owned by giant uh, international you know, corporations now. And so, yeah, there's, there's more oversight. There's, I don't want to say interference, but there, again, there's more eyes on it Uh, at a smaller place like Aftershock. Don't you have more creative freedom to kind of take a chance on a story or, you know, there's nobody up there saying, wow, we we don't know how well that might be received or the audience isn't, isn't big enough. Um, You just have kind of a bigger, uh, a wider breadth of story and, and freedom to tell that story. Don't you? Yeah, th- there's certainly more opportunities to take some creative risks. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the company historically has done that. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it, at, at DC, certainly there, you know, there were a lot of a lot of benchmarks uh, to hit there. were And there were a lot of in, in initiatives that, you know, you needed to be a part of in order for the company to 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 generate money. Um, you know, big crossover, big whatever, and it, it might fall in the middle of a big multi-part arc that you're telling, but you still have to, you know, pivot and and be able to tie in and then go back to your regularly scheduled story. Um, and that's that's part of the business. I mean, that's just part of what you do as a as a as an editor in at a pro I, I know it at DC and probably I'm guessing at, at a Marvel. Um, you know, Aftershock, there is no shared universe. There is no big, giant, multi-crossover event. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's, that has its benefits and, and it's, and it's, and it's cons, you know, it doesn't, it, it's, it, it, it depends, but I mean, it, it, for Aftershock, you know, certainly you just have to kind of keep mining uh, keep going through these pitches to find the things that at least kind of, uh, resonate within myself and hope that others will see what I see. Um, and, and I think part of the responsibility of, of me and the other editors is to 
be able to make sure that what we are seeing and what gets us excited makes it to the printed page so that the the reader will then also get excited. Yeah, uh, which brings me to my to my next point. Uh, you know, Aftershock's been putting out quality books, and I'm always talking about them on the show, but it is a very crowded <laughs> comic rack right now. Uh, it's a crowded marketplace, um, and so it's tough to to stand out. Um, have you? I mean, you're kind of fresh blood, you know, coming in with an established company. Um, what's the back and forth been like? Do you have any ideas on how to uh, help Aftershock continue to stand out or, or stand out more? Um, like any initiatives or anything that you are are thinking to, to make sure that people, you know, know about these books and have a chance to pick them up? Well, we're having early talks about uh, about just that. Uh, it, the market is a brutal marketplace right now. And you know the market of even five years ago is is not anything like what the market looks like now. Uh, so to apply a lot of the things that we may have learned five years ago, ten years ago, um, they don't necessarily, you know, apply now. Um, one size does not fit all. Uh, I mean, really, I, I, the opportunity I, I think I I see the most. Uh, the most clear thing I think that one of the priorities I would have is, is trying to get a foothold, um, in, in the young reader market, uh, with the seismic imprint that we have. Uh, I think we've kind of dipped our toe into that water a little bit. And, and I get the sense we're feeling our way around. I would like to find a way to, uh, put more emphasis in that. And, and I, cause I think there's definitely a market uh for that material and you know the, the challenge is just figuring out how to how to make inroads in there uh, but i think i think it all starts whether it's a seismic book or just a, an aftershock book uh ultimately it's going to it's going to rest on the quality of the material the the, the books just have to be good because really uh, in, in my experience, one thing that has remained constant in this market is word of mouth. If people really like something, they'll tell the, they'll tell people, "Hey, I really, I really like this." Uh, and then, you know, we're we're seeing that with uh, uh, where starships go to die. We're seeing that with uh, with you know retailers ordering more back issues of that because people are apparently asking for them. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a modest success for us. So, I mean, it, I think that just shows you what we're our, what we're dealing with in this market, but really it's got to, the comps got to be good. If they're not good, no one's going to buy them. So, you know, the, the challenge in front of me right now is how do we maintain that level of quality? How do we, uh, how do we keep, putting out good books because we don't have a Superman. We don't have a Wolverine. We don't have, you know, the Avengers. We just don't. Um, so what we do have is, is good storytelling. And that's, that is, is priority one for me. Yeah. Well, the other thing that you, that you have, at least among the, the industry and, and people like myself that, that read a lot of comics is, you know, you do have that, that legacy that Mike did build in terms of, such great quality books and great quality creators right from the start, like you mentioned. So if, it, if something comes out for uh, if a series comes out from Aftershock, I'm always going to try the first couple of issues because you've got that track record. Now, I know that doesn't extend to everybody because, you know, there are people that are more casual readers. So I, I think what you're saying about young adult readers is very true because, you know, you look at the success of Dogman, you look at the success of, 
anything Raina Telgemeier touches. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, uh, you know, room to kind of get them, catch them while they're young, so to speak, uh, and graduate them up to the the other titles. But like you said, the stories have to be good. And that means getting, uh, create, continuing to get creators that are passionate about the stories they want to tell and about um, what they want to create. So uh, Aftershock, again, it has, has a history, has a track record of, bringing over veteran creators, somebody like an Ed Brisson, um, certainly people that were there in the beginning, Jimmy and Amanda, Garth Ennis, Paul Jenkins, but also discovering new people like uh, Olivia Briggs, Cortero Briggs comes to mind as somebody who, uh, you know, first work over there. Um, so I, I'm, I imagine that now that you're over there, you're meeting new creators, you're looking at these pitches. Uh, I'm sure you could, are going to continue to, uh, to do both, right. To, to um, kind of oh, leverage yeah. your, your past relationships you know, you've been in the industry a long time, worked with a lot of creators, but also keep that pipeline open for for new talent. That's a little bit of a balancing act. Can you tell us a little bit of, about that? Well, I mean, it's it's funny. Since I came aboard Aftershock, it's it's either been reunion or big reunion with uh, with folks. A lot of folks that I've I've worked with before at DC, um, whether that be you know Ray Fox or. Uh, Carlos Manguel. I mean, it just, I mean, so many people I have uh, reconnected with on a creative level, which is, which is just, it's just nice. I mean, these, these folks are great people and uh, having the opportunity to work with them is, is a privilege. It's, it's really awesome. Um, But also meeting folks like Olivia um, who came in through Adam Glass, who Mm -hmm. I, I also have worked with and have a great relationship with. Um, So, I mean, it, it it is a balancing act, but I, but I also think that if there, there's an opportunity here, because um, if you know, it's it actually is smart because when Adam uh, when Adam launched uh, Mary Shelley uh, Monster Hunter, uh, he launched that with Olivia. So so by by kind of having a tag team there of Adam, who's a known uh, a, a known name, and and people know what kind of quality they're going to get with Adam, and him teaming up with Olivia, kind of passes on that uh, that level of quality because Adam clearly won't work with somebody who is not uh, who is not good. So you know, Olivia comes in with that instant kind of pedigree, and then now Olivia is doing more stuff on her own and. Um, and and she takes the audience that was uh, cultivated from uh, from Mary Shelley, and now she's bringing that uh, she's she's bringing that audience over to her own work, uh, which is which is awesome. I mean, and Olivia is is fantastic. I mean, she's I mean she's a clear uh, talent who should have more books out there, and you know, aftershock is happy to provide them. Yeah, more Silver City, uh, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of take more of that. And, and uh, listeners, if you haven't heard, um, Adam and Olivia are teaming up again for uh, a Bram Stoker uh, Monster Hunter that's coming. That, that's Australia. right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, and and I've I've seen the early pages from that, and uh, it looks phenomenal. It's uh, it's it's so much fun. Uh, in fact, this morning uh, we were looking at uh, cover sketches for. Uh, uh, issue two or three i'm not i'm not sure but it it it's just it's fun it's fun being involved in this behind the scenes process and you know 
working on creator own material is, is is a relatively new thing for me because I, the past two years I've been doing a lot of freelance editing um, on creator own material. So I've kind of had a little bit of a, a tutelage there. Uh, it's been very helpful. Uh, so uh, here, the you know, the, the Aftershock and, you know, the, the creators kind of co-own it. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a weird, it's, it's, it's a weird, uh, uh, not a weird, but it's just, it's just different than what I'm, I'm used to, but it's, it's kind of fun. It's, uh, I, I, as a DC editor, you, you know, the buck, uh, the buck stops with you, you know, like you are the caretaker of w- whatever these characters that you're working with. Um, and here it's much more collaborative because it, it, it needs to be more collaborative because, uh, you know, if, if writer A, isn't liking, you know, whatever I, you know, the lettering, the sound effect isn't working or whatever. And, you know, you, you go in and then you try to make it work and you, you figure it out because you're all in it together. Yeah. And that is um, interesting with where we're at, you know, for, for creators that kind of the environment, because there's such a, a gamut, right? Like I know so many people, they want to write Batman or Superman. There, there's one person that gets to write action comics every month. There's one person that gets to write Batman. So it, it's kind of tough, you know, um, and, and it's great to aspire to that, but you could also go all the way to the other end and you can completely self-publish, you know, or you can crowdfund, or you can go through somebody like an image where, you know, they're going to publish your stuff, but everything else falls on you. There's not really editorial support or necessarily marketing support or that kind of thing. Aftershock sort of in the middle. That's what I love about it. You know, if you need that heavy editorial experience um, and somebody that's going to be passionate and help, uh, you know, be a caretaker of your IP along with you and, and co-own and be invested in it, then, it, you know, it's the perfect place. So again, I think for creators, um, it's, there's a lot of different places and you just have to figure out which is um, the best for you. So um, other than, than, that difference is there any other differences you know coming from a, a big two a dc uh with uh, long term well, properties I mean, and creator owned stuff i think at dc i got a bit of a glimpse into uh the other side of the entertainment business with your animation television films video games uh you know uh, and, and i got to observe that how how that functions so coming into aftershock um it, I'm, you know, I'm much more, I don't want to say involved, but I'm more, I'm, I'm more, I'm observing more of what is going on, on, on that end of the, of the business. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, it seems like just a, before I even joined the company, it just seemed like, you know, every month there was some announcement about a, an aftershock uh, comic book that was sold th- an option for, you know, streaming, television, whatever. Uh, so, I mean, the track record of the company on that level is pretty staggering. I mean, there's the, the company does seem to get a lot of attention on that, that end of the business. And, you know, it, it, at DC, it was always, you know, pretty much it was Warner Brothers. It was, mm-hmm. this, you know, you had this massive studio um, that owned all this stuff. So here it's, an aftershock, the business is open to everybody. I mean, they, you know, the, the folks on that end of the business are dealing with every, every major studio. Uh, And, and the streaming services just add another layer uh, to that now. So it's, 
it, it kind of blows my mind to, you know, something that you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, when, uh, you know, when we were younger, comics were not really cool in any way, you know, and here we are, you know, how many years later, and now they're the thing to, they're, they're the IP generators of, mm-hmm. of film and television. And, you know, we always knew that. We knew that from when we were kids. Like, if only they'd make this Hawkman movie, right. you know? <laughs> so, you know, but now, now it's so common. It's, it's hilarious to me that, that this is, it's, it's not only uh, accepted, it's expected, you right. know? Yeah. And again, that's one of the great things about uh, Aftershock. You you come in with a great idea, you get your book out there, and then you have somebody that that can kind of go through the process with you if it moves on to other media, somebody who's going to look after, as opposed to you just, you know, a creator just out on their island, no experience. You know, you hear these horror stories about, you know, creators being taken advantage of. So that that's another great aspect, because I know the people on that side of the business at Aftershock are just as talented as and uh, and know what they're doing, knowledgeable as uh, as the comic side, like yourself. Yeah, and the, and they're comic book fans too. So it, it, it you know it's it's always good to know, you know, you're you're dealing with folks that understand the language that that understand, um, you know, the the comic book business. They and they understand how comic books work, and they understand that you know comics as a medium, you know, it has to be actually adapted to another medium. It might not actually be apples to apples in that adaptation choices have to be made. And, and they're aware of that. And, and, and I found that comforting um, because, you know, anytime you come into a, you know, a place and you see Hollywood and, you know, you're, you know, kind of maybe skeptical, like, do they get it? Whatever. But no, my experience has been the opposite of that. It's been, it's been really, it's been really positive to know that, uh, that we have comic book fans on that end of it. And we, I mean, Aftershock has made announcements of options before even a book comes out uh, or, or timed to come out with, with the launch of the book, right, which, yeah. which is unusual, you know, that, that doesn't always happen. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's exciting. There are so many great stories. I, I can't wait to see them in, in other mediums. So, so ho- hopefully some of them uh, come to fruition. Um, well, one thing that we mentioned earlier about kind of it being a, a crowded marketplace, that being said, there there is kind of a dedicated fan base that Aftershock has, the Aftershock uh, Army. So I'm wondering when it got announced that you were uh, taking over Mike's role, did you hear from any of them? Like what's been your experience with uh, the Aftershock fan base? Any uh, Any feedback yet? It was overwhelmingly wonderful. I mean, I've, I've never been greeted with uh so much positivity and 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 joy um it, it it was just so i can't even describe it to you i i really can't it's it uh i i haven't been to a convention yet to actually meet fans one-on-one um and i look forward to that uh and I, but i was at the retailer co- conference that diamond held uh right before the baltimore comic-con and I did get to talk to a lot of retailers who are who are big fans of of Aftershock's books, and so they naturally wanted to talk to me about not messing it up. <laughs> so, Fair enough. And and just to hear just to hear folks talk about the the books, their favorite books, uh, things that uh, they want to see more of, things they want to see less of. Like the the level of engagement there was was just so cool to me and like 
you knew they knew exactly what they were talking about as they should as retailers uh but to be able to have a a sit down conversation and and talk with folks about things that matter to them because it's their business retailers you know this is their lifeblood thing they they want good books to sell and they want to be assured that that aftershock is going to continue to publish uh books that they can sell and and having that conversation was was I, I I've never been to a retailer conference before. This was the first one I'd ever been to. And to have this level of conversation about specific things that matter to these folks, it it, it was I came away so energized from those conversations. Like I, like, I'm like, man, think we really, you know, these, these folks are relying on us and, and I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint them. I, I, I want to be able to deliver quality material uh, that they can sell. And, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, re- one other thing about retailers is that they're also, uh, they're also fans. They also read the books and uh, they get into certain things about them and having, having conversations about, you know, just being a fan one-on-one and talking about things, comics that we, we enjoy reading right now, uh, comics that were very influential to us growing up. Um, you know, I would hear like, a you know, a little aside about, uh, I'm trying to think of something specific, like, like, uh, you know, Dark Phoenix Saga or whatever, or, or Death of Electra. Like, yeah, like I, like I, I get that. Like, I, I understand exactly what they're talking about. Those, you know, and and maybe those aren't the the most, uh, you know, low key things, but, um, but you know, like I, I'm as much of a giant nerd as anybody. So, I mean, I, I can talk comics all day long, which, you know, my family will tell you gets a little old. (laughs) Well, I I mean, from a retailer, so obviously I'm not a retailer, but you know, I know a lot of retailer uh, and here and I live in Phoenix and I know several of them and yeah, they, they, they do talk about the, the ease with which some of these aftershock books kind of sell themselves, you know, something like a chicken devil where you can be like, did you like breaking bad? You need to read chicken devil because it's absolutely amazing. You know, something along those lines. So uh, again, I think the the diversity of the line, the talent of the creators, and the passion that you guys have behind the scenes, I, I expect the, the success at Aftershock to uh, to continue. So uh, again, I want to thank uh, thank you for your time, Brian. It's been great chatting with you. Uh, as we're winding down here, is there anything else you want uh, our listeners to know about? I know we have several of the Aftershock army that that tune in regularly, and I will probably have even more that don't listen regularly that want to hear from you. So uh, anything to, else to share? Uh, only, uh, only my my gratitude and thanks for uh, for sticking with us and for being the the best fans in the world. I mean, I, I, I again, like I told the retailers, I, I don't want to mess it up. So, <laughs> so I, I, I just, I'm just really thankful, and uh, you know, I, I appreciate you having me on here to talk about aftershock and and everything else. I mean, it's. Uh, it's uh, like I said, I could talk comics 24 seven. So anytime you want to do this, we can do this all the time and I'm fine. Fantastic. With Fantastic. I always, I mean, I had Mike on several times, but it's, I know how busy you guys are uh, and I want you concentrating on that, but yeah, I'd love to have you back on. Maybe we'll, we'll do it once a year, a state, state of the aftershock address or, uh, or something like that. Uh, I, do you I have any, any sort of presence uh, on social media talking about books? I, I know probably the aftershock feed mostly, but 
Um, I mean, do you drop news on your feed? Is there nah, something I mean, people I, should follow you? I, 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 I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, I guess. I don't know if that's really a, a place that people go to learn about <laughs> stuff. Um, I know Twitter right now is maybe a little little volatile. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always trying to think of ways to leave Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you now. Uh but man, there's it, nothing else better has come along. So I'm kind of just feeling my way. And yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's it. Right. I mean, where else, where do you, I mean, I'm leaving Twitter for good and it's like, well, wait, wait a minute, where do yeah. I go? I mean, I don't know. I, is Instagram that much better? I, I don't know if it is. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm right there with you. I drop episodes and, you know, I got to tell my listeners where to, where to find them and I get so much interaction on there. It's yeah, it'd be tough to leave. But yeah, if it becomes too toxic, I'll, I'll, gl- I'll gladly find some other way to, to reach out to listeners. But uh, anyway, again, Brian, thanks so much for your time. Uh, I was I was sad to hear Mike was leaving, but I, I felt reassured when uh, your name uh, was uh, right there as the replacement. Because, again, uh, I think it's your track record. And when you talk about those retailers coming up. Uh, to you and saying, you know, don't mess it up, but I'll, but also that outpouring of support when it was announced, I, I think, again, that speaks to your track record. Uh, and it's, you have a respected name in the business. I mean, that's what, what it all comes down to. So. Well, thank you very much. I mean, it's really nice to hear. Yeah. And to all you listeners, uh, I want to thank you all as well as always for joining us. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.